Hello, my name is Uche, and I am the Sneaker Principal. I have been struggling deeply and profoundly with this thought. After 15 years as an educator, after 15 years as a teacher, as a dean of discipline, as an assistant principal, pre-K through 12, as a principal, both middle school and high school, I asked myself this question. What do I have to show for it? Not that I've that I haven't had a successful career. I've met my goals. I have produced what I've been asked to produce. Many of my students, the majority of my students, the vast majority of my students have graduated from high school and some even from college. The majority actually attempted college, but some actually graduated and some are actually teachers now. Some are parents, counselors. I even have one that I know for sure is in law school right now. There's been a lot of kids a lot of young men and young women over the years. I'm sorry, regrettably, I've not been able to keep in contact with all of them. But the ones that I have seen, that I've come across, that I still maintain a relationship with, you know, they they kind of like, you know, they put me on game. So-and-so's over here, so-and-so's over there. But overall... What has been the lasting legacy of my work? And for me, this hasn't been just been a job. It has been a calling. Even though a lot of times you're, you're forced to see being an educator as a job. You get a salary, you're part of the union, you know, And you have a pension, all the, all the accoutrements, all the benefits that allows you to have some sense, of, some sense of security. But again, I ask the question, what has it all been for? Because reflecting back on the past 15 years, a lot of the work that I've done has centered around maintaining order. You walk into the building, you get there on time. Once you get into the building and you're on time, you get to class. You sit in that class, you get the work done. You're engaged, you're not disruptive. You do as you're told. These assessments are, are essential. You have, you'll be tested, you have regions, you have state exams. 
You have SATs, ACTs, PSATs. You have all these things that measure your performance. But does it really measure your performance and your ability? Or does it really measure our performance? The teachers, the administration, the school. Because schools have become extremely politicized. The politicians use schools as a way to either tout their successes in leadership or to point fingers at the next guy or the next woman for not doing a good enough job. Because look at the schools under your leadership. They're failing. Sometimes I wonder whether or not schools were really meant to succeed. I was watching a video on YouTube and this poet, I forget his name, but in the poem, he does this skit in a courtroom and he provides evidence to make his case against public schools. I'm sorry, let me take that back. Not against public schools, but against the present educational system which pretty much covers public schools, charter schools, the majority of private schools. And he said, here's a picture of a smartphone. A hundred years ago, this is what it looked like. It's one of those crank phones. You know, you'd crank it and then you'd, you know, get an operator and the operator would say, how can I help you? Tell him I'm trying to call number three. And back then, people had one-digit numbers, two-digit numbers. He said, look at this. He shows a Ferrari or a Lambo, one of the two. He said, this is a car now. Then he says, 100 years ago, he shows a Model T Ford. And then he says, here's a classroom today. And you have kids sitting in rows, hands raised, and teachers stand in front of the classroom. He says, here's a classroom 100 years ago, and it's a black-white picture of kids sitting in rows, facing the front of the classroom, with a teacher in the front of the room. So now I ask the question, what has been the point of the past 15 years? Because for that 15 years, even though I would like to say I've been innovative, even though I would like to say that I have stood in the gap for a lot of my students, I worked to be fair. I worked hard to reduce over suspensions. I worked hard to maintain character building and modeling as essential hitting curricula for my students. It was still in the, in, within the framework of a system that is over 100 years old that still, that still does the same thing. If the phone has become something so much more, the total sum of all human knowledge in your pocket if the car has gone from being a mechanized horse 
to being something that can take you in exceeds in excess of two, 300 miles an hour on the road. How much has school changed? I know, I know, I know. You're going to tell me that there are computers in the room. You're going to tell me there is a, you know, look at, you're going to say, hey, listen, a great example. Hey, look at this. We're in a pandemic and kids could learn remotely. But are they really learning? I read the news and I watch YouTube videos and I hear about people from, from, from parents and I read messages on Facebook from people who are complaining that their children are not learning and they don't know how to help their child. There were schools could start again so we could send them back. But these are kids who are sitting in front of the computer engaging in remote lessons and they're not faring well. The dark truth is they weren't faring well to begin with. Because the system within which we work in doesn't do justice to our students, to our children. It's funny, when I say the word student, it almost sounds like I'm saying worker because the student is being prepared to be a worker. The student is being conditioned to be a worker. Whether you're in the school building going from period one to period two, sitting in the classroom, raising your hand, being told when to eat, when not to eat, being told what to pay attention to, and being told not to engage in drifting off in your imagination and daydream. Even though that drift off and daydream could be you circling around the passion that's in your mind, in your heart, you're being pulled back to the reality of that seat at that table facing front. Oh, no, 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 let me take that back. We are told that, you know, roles are not acceptable. Students have to collaborate. So what happens now, we sit in these formations, you know, four at a table, two at a table, facing each other, semicircles. You know, all these kinds of patterns in the classroom. But we don't realize, what we don't realize is that it's still a pattern of seating that forces everyone in the room to conform to an expectation. You sit here, you sit there, and you still have to remain fixated in that spot until I tell you not to, until I tell you to get up, until I tell you it's time for you to go to the next classroom. So does it matter if the, the seats are in the rows or they're in all kinds of interesting geometric shapes? It doesn't matter because it's still the same thing. You're being forced to be in a space that will prepare you for the future, for a job that no longer exists, where you're sitting in a cubicle on a factory, on a factory floor or under a boss who's telling you, pick that up and move it over there. Put the french fries in the cooker for this amount of time, then you move into this box and then you put it into this over here. Then whoever picks it up and puts it into the bag with the hamburger that's already pre-wrapped. It went through all these steps. So then you can give to the customer. Patterns. That's what we're being trained for. And what's interesting is, 
if you are unfortunate to fail at conforming to these spaces and you believe that your only other option is to take a different path that that might not be deemed legal, then you find yourself arrested and locked up in jail. And guess what happens? You sit in rows, you walk in lines, you raise your hand to go to the bathroom. You told one to get up, one to go to bed, went to beware. You're on a clock, you know, you're in the yard for an hour, just like you had recess for an hour. So when people talk about the, the school to prison pipeline, they're not playing. You're being trained in schools to either go follow instructions and be and be somewhat free or get locked up, lose your freedom, and still have to follow instructions. As a father of two, it scares me to think that that's what awaits my daughter and my son. They have babies right now, but time flies, and one day they'll be tall, beautiful, intelligent, and speaking their minds. And the fear is some teacher is going to tell them, be quiet, sit down, before I call the dean. Be quiet, sit down, before I call the system principal. Be quiet, sit down, before I call Mr. Njoku. We have to do better. I have to do better. I got it. I got to. I have to decode the matrix. I have to figure out a way to move this in a different direction so our kids go to school to explore their humanity, to explore who they are, to find their voice, to explore passions, to express what they're great at, to have choice that will allow them to learn how to manage their minds, their time. and allow teachers to be guides, to be facilitators of learning, to point them in a direction as they, as they explore and speak authentically and passionately and read because they're seeking more knowledge to help them understand this problem they're trying to solve that's not in the textbook, that's not on a worksheet, but exists in the reality of time and space and life. We have to find a way to stop controlling the human beings that we're responsible for. We have to become their guides because going to school should be a quest, a quest on a journey to understand life.
so that when it's time for that young boy or that young girl to be on their own, on their own journey, they'll have a solid foundation of knowledge that's based on critical thinking, the ability to express yourself in words, and the power to speak your voice. This is what school should be. This is what place of learning should be. I'm working on it every day to to deconstruct how I was trained to see the world, how I was trained to be in a school, how I was trained to lead a school. I'm working on me. And I'm going to ask every teacher out there, every dean, every principal, superintendent, anyone who really cares about the work that they do beyond the pay, beyond the status, beyond the applause and the, oh my God, God bless your heart, because, you know, we need more saints like you, our children, our future, beyond all that. We need people who are going to look at themselves and say, okay, what is it that I need to make sure that this young brother, this young sister is equipped with to go into the world and conquer? All right, y'all. I just had to get that off my chest. This is Uche and Joku, the Sneaker Principal. Good night.